0: greet you all in the name of Jesus, our risen Lord and Savior, the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's good to see you all out again tonight. The objective this evening is to awaken our conscience and awareness that every word we speak is heard in the spirit world. Did you say something today that you wish you wouldn't have? I titled the message tonight, Out of the Abundance of the Heart. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew 12, Matthew twelve, verse thirty three to thirty seven. Thank you. Matthew twelve, verse thirty three. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, L El- or else make the tree corrupt. And his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of Biblers, how can ye be evil and speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man... Out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Now underscore this verse. For by by thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of his word. It is interesting to me, friends, you might wonder in a week of revival meetings, why would we speak about the tongue? Why would we speak of uh, on a subject out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh? Well, I do believe, my friends, that the heart and the tongue are directly connected to each other. Our tongues are so often the most obvious index of that center driving force in us called the heart. Speech is a picture of the mind. It is a very serious matter. Our speech determines our destiny. It is a very sobering thought to me to understand that it has such a great influence because again I want us to be reminded in verse 37, justification or condemnation. Both are a result of our speech. It is absolutely critical that we get a hold of this because I do believe, friends, that the mouth can be an instrument that is hindering the grace of God to work His will and grace through in in our lives. And do we see it to that magnitude? Now I would like for you to turn with me to Proverbs verse 18. Proverbs verse 18 is so graphic. It is so definitive. It is so pungent. It is, uh, yeah, it is stunning. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says death and life. Are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall live with the consequences thereof. Or in other words, it shall, no, in the, in the way the word says, it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life. And I want to, I want to encourage you all sometime or the other to do a, a, a definitive study on what the word death Means throughout the Bible. Death means death. It is that simple. It's not much more to be said. And then the contrast is life, vibrancy, and so on. And all that is in the power of the tongue. And so when you think of when you express yourself that you are directing your life to the destiny, the eternal destiny, by words that you speak. And that you are either bringing forth death or life. It is a harsh reality that I think we need to understand. It is a, it is a muscle in our body that my Bible says... That cannot be tamed, or man cannot tame it. That is how, how powerful it is. You can tame many animals, large animals, elephants. You can do, uh, you can do more to tame an elephant than you can to tame your own tongue. That's a big monster. But the tongue cannot be tamed by man. It can be regenerated or the source of from where it comes from needs to be regenerated, and thereby the tongue will then express from its source, which is the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. In the Amplified, it says, there are those who speak rashly, like piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. So you see the contrast in that verse as well described uh, in the Amplified. Piercing of a sword or on the contrast bringing healing. So do you understand that the tongue is so powerful that it is identified as a war weapon. That's the capacity it has to kill. Now I want you uh, to turn with me as well to James 1, verse 26. And I'm tempted, but I won't ask the question, how many people here are religious? How many of us profess a faith How many of us profess Christianity? Verse 26. Let's read it together in unison so we all get it. James 1 verse 26. Let's read it together. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So vain mean empty and profitless. And I want to tell you, friends, there's a lot of profession in Christianity today, but I want to tell you the real thermometer of what is within your heart is gauged by the tongue. And if if your profession in one day of the week is religious, born-again Christianity and such like, and the other days of the week... It is a sewer pipe. You cannot claim Christianity if your tongue conveys otherwise. It says it is absolutely empty. It is vain. And that is determined by your tongue. If you cannot bridle your tongue, your profession for Christianity Means nothing. That is how strong. That is how emphatic the Word of God talks about our the power of the tongue. It is has the capacity to bring about death and life. And if your tongue has been a voice of encouragement, a voice of bringing of uh, bringing forth the faith in Jesus Christ. Blessing others with encouragement, blessing others with uh, positive and uh, blessings and truths and such like based on the Word of God, then there that is life and when you think of something that kills and destroys the Bible describes Satan as the one he is the like the thief coming only to steal to kill and to destroy and I have come that they may have life and have it can I say to its fullest there you see the contrasting difference between death and life Satan is identified as the killer and Jesus is identified as the one that gives life remember, life or death and life. That very capacity is in the power of the tongue. We are, as Christians, we are citizens of heaven. We are not citizens of America. We're not citizens of Canada and such abroad. But we are citizens of heaven. And Satan is a spy in the foreign land, in a foreign country seeing who he can devour. What do your words have potential to do in the spirit world? I would like for you to think about this in the backdrop. In the backdrop of your mind, here is God. I'll do it a triangle. It's a triune God. How many kingdoms is there? How many kingdoms do you have to choose from? Two. Two. That's it, Dwight? No more? Serious? You'd wonder, as you watch society today, whether there are modern Christianity. You're right. There's only two kingdoms. So it's the kingdom of God, and what is the other one called? The kingdom of... darkness. That's right. Darkness. So down here is another kingdom and I don't know how to describe it. So it's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Here is me and here is you. And I want for us to think about this in the background of your mind as we preach the remainder of the message. Both kingdoms have a king. Let's not forget that. This is King Jesus, and the power of the, in, the, in the kingdom of darkness, it is Satan, Lucifer. Now, you. Have, how many of you all heard of intercessory prayer? Okay? How many have prayed intercessory prayers? What do you do with it? Okay? So I'll just draw this out. So here is you or me. I'm just going to say I'm going to do intercessory prayer on your behalf, which I did. So I'm going to pray for you. So I'm here praying. Do my prayers go to you? Do they? Did I talk to you? No, I interceded. So God interceded. So my prayer went to God. And I want to let you know, I don't know all the specific mechanics behind all this, but I know that this is how it works. So I pray to God, and God pours out his blessing and his grace upon your life as I pray an intercessory prayer for you. Okay, so now I will convey another thing here. I was at uh, Dwight's house tonight for supper. And I mean, that place is Upside down, it is so absolutely disorganized. The food was literally awful. And I walked away from the table absolutely hungry. And the children were disputing and arguing and fighting at the table. It was a place of discord. Okay. Does that sound like anything close to like, truth? Uh, okay, no, oh, we know it's not. Okay, so what I am saying is, that, those words came out of my mouth. And, so, we're gonna get there a little bit later, but so let's call that gossip for this here, for this time, okay? I spoke on behalf of another individual, negative distruths, etc. Which kingdom was engaged in that process? Do you think God heard that? Yes, he did. But did you think he was instrumental in engaging in That type of uh, conversation? I'll tell you a story. Where this image became a reality to me, I was struggling with a relationship with an individual. An individual that I look up to. And I was struggling immensely with this relationship. And we did everything we possibly could that I would understand that I could do to try to improve it and better it. And it didn't work. And one day, I was in the office, Irma was at home, and the spirit of darkness impressed upon me so heavy that there was no secret that there is the power of darkness oppressing me. And I was led to pray on behalf of that individual specifically. And I released that individual to God and I interceded on his behalf. And as I prayed, the cloud of oppression disappeared and it was like a ton of bricks was off my... I really don't know how that is because I was never under a ton of bricks, figuratively speaking. But a load was released off of my back. And there was light, and there was life, and there was like... (sighs) The powers of darkness were defeated. And I came home that night from the office and I told my wife... What I experienced and she with tears in her eyes said, I had the same experience. I want to tell you friends, harsh words, wrong uh, accusations, gossip and such like engages the powers of darkness. On behalf of another, and I want us to understand the the, the uh, magnitude of it, because I know that that individual looked very dimly at me and spoke very poorly of me and such like. But and that is what was oppressing me, and when I prayed. And interceded on that behalf of that individual, the powers of darkness were defeated. So, <clears throat> so when you, in, when you pray a prayer of intercession, I don't know how, it was, the statement is said already that the prayers of the saints moves the hand of God. I don't know if that is accurate theology or not, but I know we say it. So when we pray, To God, on behalf of another individual, it does something. And can I say that it engages God? I don't know how uh, another way of saying it, and there's maybe different ways of saying it. I also believe that on the contrary, that it engages the kingdom of darkness. And let me give you another example of why I believe that. God is the only Person, if I can say it that way, that is all-knowing. He is omniscient. He's omnipresent. Those attributes are not for Satan. Satan is limited. He is limited to angel power. That's all he, he is limited to. And God is omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscious. And that's not Satan. And so therefore, I don't believe Satan can read your mind. And so, I believe that Satan only can hear what you say. And so what you say will give Satan destiny and purpose. And you think about your tongue giving Satan destiny or purpose. Or can I say engages God on behalf of another. You ponder upon that. Because the proverb says death is and life is in the power of the tongue and death is the kingdom of darkness and life is the kingdom of god and that the tongue has the capacity to engage one or the other do we need revival in the area of our tongue because remember this is not can I say child's play this is eternal destiny our tongue has the capacity to destine us to either the kingdom of God or which is heaven or the kingdom of darkness which is hell that is that serious. So I want for us to ask the question, which kingdom are you a servant to? Because it says in Romans 6, verse 16, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey." whether sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Only two kingdoms. And which one are you a servant to? The tongue can be the gauge and the thermometer to gauge you to which kingdom you are servant to. If you are not harnessing your tongue You are a servant to the kingdom of darkness. Now you might think that this only includes using the Lord's name in vain and such like. That is included. No question about it. But there's some more things that come very much closer to home than those things, I hope. The Bible vividly describes bitter words as arrows in Psalm 64, verse 3. Sharp and poisonous as a serpent in Psalm 140, verse 3. Like a fire ignited by hell itself in James 3, verse 6. It is a powerful muscle in our body that is an expression of the heart. How many lives have been destroyed as a result of that fiery expression of the tongue? How many people have been impacted for decades as a result of what was said to them. Sitting across the table from for uh many people, groping with results of what has transpired in their lives. I can re I can I, I relate it with numerous people already that were reaping the consequences of fiery tongues in a classroom an image of authority not having their tongue harnessed sitting across the table from people that the people they love so dear and totally relied and depended upon them for life and sustenance let them down by belittling them and criticizing them as little children and telling them they can never do anything right. And those children grow up to be teenagers and are confused, troubled, and lose purpose for life. My friends, when you see us sit across the table of about an 18 or a 19-year-old person And there's emptiness in those eyes. There's no feelings left to be expressed. Just death. And you start hearing their testimony and the degrading words that the authoritative figures in their lives expressed themselves with. It's devastating. Death brings a different, another dimension of meaning into my heart when I think of the power of the tongue bringing death onto people. That is truth. That is right. There's too many people that are, that are finding their lives meaningless because they've been told in their lives they are meaningless. Those are the type of things that bring death into life, people's lives. And then there's others that you can sit across the table with. There is joy, there is peace, there is purpose, there is progression, there is life. And you can see them associating very nicely with their, with their peers and associating very nicely with their parents. Not that there isn't any differences at times, absolutely. But there is such a vast difference in a generation of people where life has been expressed into them and to the Deadness to those that is, that there is just a degradation spoken into their lives. It's a vast difference. And I want to say again, friends, that the tongue is a window into the heart. The tongue just expresses what is in the heart. God's obviously We'll go through a, a number of different, uh, different aspects of it. Using the Lord's name in vain, obviously. That is sin. Filthy language. I call it sewer speech. And it says in Ephesians 5 verse 3 and 4, follow with me. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetous let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather life. Give thanks. In Colossians 3, 8 says, but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Friends, I am under the persuasion without a shadow of a doubt that the scripture is accurate and true. If you cannot harness your tongue, your religion is vain. Those were, uh, I became a Christian when I was 28 years old. Two boys were already in our family. And I want to tell you, friends, it's an an embarrassment for me. It is an awful thing for me to admit to. But my mouth was extremely exorated. It was awful. And I remember the first year that I was converted. As I was talking... I was, I was so used to bringing those adjectives into my vocabulary that as I was expressing myself, I was talking at, I had to leave gaps in my sentences as I was talking because God convicted me and transformed my tongue from the time that I was a sinner lost in sin to when I, when he, when he transformed me. And new life came within through the Spirit of God. I couldn't use those words, but it, it my, my whole vocabulary was transformed. I want to tell you, friends, the Spirit of God and a loose tongue do not coincide. filthy communication out of your mouth. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, ungodliness. It is engaging the powers of darkness. Another one, lying, untruth. Six things the Lord doth hate. Seven are an abomination unto him. A lying tongue, false witness that speaketh lies. Lies are not of God. Proverbs twelve twenty two. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But they that deal Truly, are his delight God, God hates it because Satan is the liar and the father of it now there's do any of you believe in white lies and black lies no lies are lies I don't care pink, purple, blue or white An untruth is an untruth. Lying is sin. And I want to tell you, friends, when we lie, we leave the throne of God and go to the throne of Satan. And that is why lying is demonically controlled. Lying is a willful perversion of the truth. Not only by speech, but also by any means, whatever, whereby false impression is conveyed to the mind. Do you sometimes lie by not saying anything? selling a piece of equipment and not saying it was broken I remember as a teenager helping an individual to get ready for a farm auction and I was involved in doing this which is a shame and that was a lie there was a six cylinder Oliver tractor and one of the piston rods were broken and if you know when the crankshaft goes around and the piston rod is broken, how much a clanging and a banging that goes on when that crank goes up and hits that rod, wouldn't sell. So we took the bottom pan off, pushed that cylinder up, put a piece of wood inside the piston sleeve, put the pan on underneath, and he run like a charm on the day of the auction. My friends, that's a lie. That is a lie. All liars, this is how serious it is, my friends, and this is again with the tongue. All liars have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with, sorry, with the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone. Liars will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. sowing discord what does sowing discord mean it means quarrelsome brawling contention discord and strife a naughty person a wicked man he soweth discord is what proverbs six fourteen says the lord hate yea seven are an abomination unto him The other one is, he that soweth discord among brethren. The tongue is very instrumental and divisive in a brotherhood. If it is done in an argumentative way, God hates that. Do we grasp that, brethren and sisters, that God hates discord? It is no wonder that the Bible says a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Friends, divisiveness has offended and harmed more than it ever has done any good. And God hates that. What about gossip? What is gossip? Gossip, and and, and listen to me carefully here. Gossip is a person who habitually spreads intimate and private rumors or facts. Gossip is a person who habitually spreads intimate and private rumors or facts. So just because it is true doesn't mean that it isn't gossip. If it is intimate and it is private and it is facts and you are spreading it abroad for the sake of spreading it abroad, it is gossip. From God's viewpoint, if you are not of the problem or essential to solve the problem, there is no reason to talk about private matters. You know, my friends, media has its positives. But I want to say friends, gossip, People are going to give an account for all the thumb language as well. Meaning texting, meaning social media in any, in every and all facets. Without an exception, everything that you type everything that you put across social media in all facets you are going to give an account because there again it applies the same thing if it's intimate and it is private rumors or facts it is gossip and we have to understand friends that is sin Sixthly, slander. Slander goes hand in hand with gossip. What is slander? It's false and malicious statement or report about others. So what I said about being at Dwight's house, that is identified as slander because it was false and it was absolutely destructive for Dwight and his family and his wife. And by the way, it was not true. That is slander. It wasn't gossip. And slander is offensive. It is destructive. A false witness can cause the death of an innocent Man. A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. A slanderer can destroy the reputation of a good person. Seventh. Tailbearer. What is a tailbearer? Again, another term. Describing the effects of a tongue. Breaking confidence is a tail A tail reveals secrets. It does. Have you heard about it? You know? Or, hey Warren, did you hear about it? Yeah. Revealing secrets about other people. That's called a tail bearer. Proverbs 11, 13 says, A talebearer reveals secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Remember, I just want to refresh. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Eighth, <clears throat> speaking cursings instead of blessings. And we briefly touched on that when we degrade individuals, instead of edifying, we talk down onto them instead of lifting them up. In in Psalm one hundred nine, verse seventeen to nineteen, as he loved cursing, so let it come unto him; as he delight not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing like as with his garment so let it come into his bowels like water like oil into his bones contentious speech speaking strife just belligerent argumentative combat quarrelsome it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman, and I believe that to be true also for men. I say friends, we can't be contentious, we cannot, we can't afford to. It says it's better to live in the wilderness than to be putting up with contention and anger. If you have a negative mouth. You have a heart of an unbeliever. How do you break the cycle? How do you break the cycle of this life of defeat like this? I want to say, friends, repent. Confess your faults one to another, it says in James five sixteen. Be accountable to the brethren and be correctable. This is not a small matter. This is an eternal matter. A sin that we must call to repent to. Pray to God. Seek His grace. Seek His forgiveness. And be filled with the Spirit of God. In Ephesians it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And I want to say, my friends, being filled with the Spirit will regenerate the heart. It will redeem the soul. It will endow you with grace and power that will come from the inside out and it will be expressed through your mouth and your life as you live a life for Jesus Christ. But it takes a supernatural grace to do an astounding, transforming power in every individual's life to be an expression of Jesus Christ himself. Listen to me, friends. You can only express what you have within your heart. You can only give what you got. And if you don't have the Spirit of God within you will express carnality. But if you have the Spirit of God, you have a transforming grace within you that will, is, will express itself. It will permeate from your heart and express the things of God. It says, be not conformed to this world. That includes the tongue. That includes our hearts. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? by the renewing of your mind. That transforming grace is able to transform the vilest individual and make him into a mouthpiece for Jesus Christ and heavenly matters. Speak life. Good words. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. A word spoken in due season. How good it is. It says in the Bible in Ephesians 4.26. Give no opportunity to the devil. Give no opportunity to the devil. And that means at times. To harness. Not at times. That means to harness. Our expressions that want to by nature come out harness them capture every thought bring them into captivity that means not to let our mouths express themselves as they wish it says harness harness and if any of you Have any, understand how it is, anything of how it is to work with horses. It means harnessing them. I tell you friends, a horse running wild is an awful sight and very damaging. And so is a tongue that is not harnessed. Give no opportunity to the devil. Resist the devil Spend time with God and He will spend time with you. That's paraphrasing it. Ephesians four uh, twenty nine says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but three things that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearer good edifying and grace may that be the expression from our hearts because my friends if you have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb I tell your friends you've been transformed into a new creature through Jesus Christ good edifying and gracious 1 Peter 3:10 For he that will love life and see good days let his tongue or sorry let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile Men and women brethren and sisters we must consider the effects and the power of our words in the spiritual world By the slaying of the inner pride and the illumination of our mind in regeneration create new dispensation and the effects of it. The heart and the tongue are directly connected to each other. Only when we have been transformed by the spirit of god can we express the things of god three p's that i want for you to consider in closing as we speak let's not speak an impulse but let's do three things pause ponder and pray Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. May God give us grace to be engaged with God and resist the powers of darkness. And may that life be expressed in all of us as we leave this place here tonight.